Charismatic, passionate, has integrity, humble, servant, faithful, inspiring, persevering, positive, flexible, driven. This is who we are that call ourselves leaders. Helping business leaders grow themselves, their team, and their profits. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. Now, here is your host, Ken Coleman. Coming to you from the Music City, this is the podcast of Leaders by Leaders and for Leaders, special March Madness edition. Daniel Tardy, the grand poobah of all things Entree Leadership, in studio with me for an amazing giveaway. This is the coolest giveaway we've ever done. Stay tuned. That's coming in just moments. But I want to tell you our feature conversation, March Madness style, got on the phone recently with Brendan Sir. Brendan was the assistant basketball coach for the Detroit Pistons when they won back-to-back titles. You know him as the Bad Boys, and he also assisted Chuck Daly on the very first Dream Team. He tells an amazing story about the first meeting. It's unbelievable. You don't want to miss it. It's all about coaching for winning. So whether you're a basketball fan or not, you're going to get great insight today. But first, Daniel, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Ken. Excited about this March Madness. And we didn't talk about this in pre-show, but... I'm assuming you have a bracket filled out. I do. So this is ironic because you're the you're the biggest sports guy I know. I am. I'm the uh, you farthest thing from it. Yeah. I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> I, I know it's okay though. Uh, I got I got cut from the seventh grade B team in basketball, and that started my journey towards uh, lack of uh, dribble sport. off the foot. It, to dribble off the foot. There's quite some a scar bit. tissue there. Uh, <laughs> well, but I told the team yesterday we did a bracket for the whole entry leadership oh, team. Oh, you did. And uh, the winner Who gets a half a day off, PTO. Oh, wow. All right, so this is fun because you're in the studio today because we've been talking about Summit for months on this podcast, and this is a phenomenal event, okay? Uh, but i got to tease this because we're about ready to give away in moments. We're going to tell people how to win an all-expense-paid ticket. That's airfare. That's lodging at the beautiful Omni La Costa Resort in Southern California. This is where the PGA boys come to play, all right? This isn't your uh, Motel 6. That's golf. This isn't your Motel 6 variety. And the speaker lineup, unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. So let's run that down. You picked to join Dave Ramsey, John Maxwell, Pat Lencioni, Dr. Henry Cloud, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and then, of course, our very own personalities, Chris Hogan, Chrissy Wright. I got to ask, what are you looking to happen over these days for these leaders? This is a premium event, but let's talk about the content. Of course. Well, it starts with, why did we decide to do an event like this? Because for years, Dave Ramsey has taught entree leadership principles to business leaders all over the country, and our entree leadership events have become known as the place to go if you're a small business and you want to grow yourself, your team, your profits with very practical wisdom from the trenches, from Dave. And what we realized is we're constantly talking to our team internally about personal growth. Dave's teaching us all the time. But one way he teaches us is to give us books that he expects us to read uh, from other authors and speakers that he respects. Dave typically reads a couple books every month. His favorite one of the quarter, uh, inevitably, he'll get to our leadership team and say, this is a must read. You have to read it. And it becomes kind of a almost a core value thing for our company where we reference that book on a regular basis. And so in this case, John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is mandatory reading for everybody on our leadership team. Same thing with Rabbi Lappin's Thou Shall Prosper. Same thing with Dr. Cloud, Boundaries for Leaders. Uh, same thing with Pat Lanchoni, Five Dysfunctions. Every five book the guy everybody, Yeah. No. And so we said these guys in some ways, really in many ways, are a part of our family and in large ways have become what has dictated a lot of our culture, a lot of our leadership, and what Dave teaches um, from the Entree Leadership stage. And we thought, how incredible would it be 
to not only teach entree leadership, but to bring these guys who have had such a significant part of our journey as a company, as Dave's taken this from a card table in his living room to almost 500 employees now and the culture and everything that, that we're known for, these guys have influenced that significantly. So it's almost a, hey, here's here's friends of Dave Ramsey and Dave all in one very special event. It's an unbelievable event. It's very different than Master Series. Really quick, because we're about ready to do the, here's how you win, the all-expense pay. This is, this is an unbelievable giveaway worth thousands of dollars. How is this event different than Master Series? Master Series is a week-long with Dave here at our office. This event's going to be higher energy. It's condensed, so it's three days instead of a full week. Uh, But it's really designed for anybody who's excited about changing their culture, improving their leadership. If you want to 10x your goals, if you want to crush it on your bottom line, wherever you're stuck in business right now, if you need a breakthrough, whatever your biggest problem is, and let's be honest, that's what business is about. It's solving big problems. And once you solve the biggest problem you have, you're going to get a bigger problem. And the best way to do that is in an environment where you've got other sharp leaders speaking from the stage, but also business owners in the crowd around you. We're going to have 800 people in this room. You're going to be able to connect with other like-minded business owners who are good at solving problems too. And where we see businesses fail more often than not, is when they try to solve their biggest problems in isolation, in a vacuum. This is a lifeline. And leaders that are taking their game to the next level and constantly growing their business are constantly plugged in to events like Entree Leadership Summit. All right. So in the theme of March Madness, we're going to do something crazy. This is an unbelievable giveaway. Daniel, give us the details. Remind them what they're winning and how they enter to win. Of course. So this is going to be all expense paid, your hotel, your flight, the whole thing. A registration for this event is 3200 bucks. That's on us when you win. And there's still room left if you want to register, but one lucky person here is going to get a free trip. Free, baby. So Free growth. The way it's you, unbelievable. The way you enter is you go to entreeleadership.com slash win, just like you know winning in March Madness. Teams like, are winning right now. Like the sports in, thing you always talk right. about. Yeah. I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> entreleadership.com slash win. And all you got to do is answer the question, what is one area of your business that attending the Entree Leadership Summit event is going to help you with the most? In other words, where do you need that breakthrough? Is it a people problem? Is it a profitability issue? Is it a marketing issue? I like this. Just let us That's know. a good question. Let us know what your so problem is. We'll draw the top five. Oh, I like and this. And then we'll have a committee, a oh. team of, of internal Entree leaders. You can't talk leadership without talking committees. And they... <laughs> There's, that's I'm a whole joking. That's, that's a sarcasm, different, that's a different people. Lesson. Okay. So we'll pick the top five, and then we will have a team, not a committee, a team of people that's better. who will, uh, based on the one they're most impressed with, the question, I love it. who we feel like will benefit the most. All right, there it is. EntreeLeadership.com slash win. EntreeLeadership.com slash win. Answer the question, what is the one area in your business that attending the Entree Leadership Summit event will help you in the most? So here's the there thing. We're going to announce the winner in one week. Oh, I like that. If you want to come to this and you're not the winner, you better get on it because we've got a couple hundred tickets left. Yeah, we it's really are going to be sold sell out. Yeah. Uh, people call us every time we do an Entree Leadership event. People call us a few weeks before and say, hey, I'd like to register now. Yeah. And unfortunately, we just have to say, hey, we're, we really, we're full. Like the fire marshal won't let us put anybody else in the room. So... Get your seats today. Get them locked in. That's right. Enter the contest. But if if you don't, our team will call you and follow up and see if you still want to register. And we'll give you a special day. And one little bonus thing. Because we've got all these great speakers. And you're going to learn. And you're going to grow. But you can wander out into the driving range during the breaks. And I'll be out there and I'll help you with how to look good on the golf course.
So not how to coming, play well, how to look good. How to dress I can't help part. you with your swing. Okay. And so I just wanted to offer that because that probably is a domino effect right there. I know, I know you're bonus. being a, a little silly, but it is important to say. <laughs> uh, Ken, Ken's modest in promoting uh, his own involvement in this event, but Ken's going to host the entire thing. So you guys have come to know and love Ken as the host of this podcast. He's going to be there. He's going to be accessible if be you want to sit down with him and have a cup of coffee about entree leadership material or whatever. No, I mean, or, really. like hit a bucket of balls. Yeah. I you mean, guys just, can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the greater value will be me pouring into <laughs> oh them gosh. on how to look good on the golf <laughs> All course. All right, let's get to that feature conversation. Very good. Well, this is fun. Brendan Sir uh, co-founded Coaching You with Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman is a former NBA coach, currently the vice president of the Los Angeles Clippers. He works for Steve Ballmer. You know, the guy that used to be the CEO of Microsoft. These guys get it. Brendan Sir, as I mentioned at the top is as experienced as a basketball coach as there is. And they're now pouring into leaders in all sports with coaching you. The guy speaks to corporate America all the time, and I wanted to talk to him about how we can learn from the best of the best in coaching to make us better leaders. You're going to love this. Here it is, my conversation with Brendan Sir. Well, Brendan, it is a privilege for me, a basketball gym rat, somebody who grew up in the 80s, graduated high school in the 90s, early 90s, uh, to talk to a longtime assistant of Chuck Daly, and we talk about the Pistons and that era. I have to start there, uh, because you guys took over a franchise, and it was maybe one of the most competitive times in NBA history, and you molded a winner. So I want to start there, because we have leaders from all walks of life listening in here. How do you come in and begin to create a winning culture? What are the things you do right out of the gate? Well, I think the number one thing is you have to have a credible leader. And uh, we had several. We had a credible leader as a coach in Chuck Daly. But then we I believe that for any great team or organization, you have to have internal leadership. It just can't be the guy out front. You know, it's basically your team. And so uh, our internal leadership with the Pistons was off the charts. We had as many as five or six leaders, led, of course, by Isaiah Thomas, who is a masterful leader, enormous credibility with his teammates. And then we had other guys like Bill Lambeer, who had a genius IQ, 180-plus, who was as mentally tough a person as I've ever coached in my life. You had a Dennis Rodman, who, though educationally did lack you know, an awful lot, was absolute basketball IQ genius, but on the court, played as hard and competed at a level that very few individuals have ever had to play in this league. He ended up being the number one rebounder in the NBA seven straight years. Uh, and also a guy like Vinnie Johnson, who's like one of those dependable guys, role people that you need in every organization that you know is going to come every day, bring it, and not worry about who's going to get credit for it. So it was a masterful group and team but it had great leadership led by Chuck. Mm. And it's really a lot about vision casting. You know, you come in and you've got the Lakers and the Celtics. You've got the Bulls that are beginning to show some promise. Very competitive time. And at some point, Chuck Daly, 
you, the other coaches, the general manager, you're casting a vision to say, this is where we want to go. We want to knock the Kings off their throne. Uh, what did you learn from those early days of casting a vision to those players to say, this is where we are now, this is where we want to go? Uh, what did you learn from those days about vision casting? I, I came over in the middle of the season in January from the Atlanta Hawks. I went to the Pistons. So Chuck and I were friends. I've known Chuck since I was 14 years old, and he, uh, he called me up. I'll never forget it. On January one, said, uh, "You know, you need to you need to come up here." And I said, "Chuck, I work for the Atlanta Hawks." He said, "Yeah, but you know, I'm going to ask them permission. Would you be interested?" Their players hated ours, and vice versa. And I I couldn't believe that number one, they wanted me there. And so when I went there, the first thing you know, we had been in Atlanta with Ubi Brown and Mike Fratello, a very goal oriented team. So when the first day I got there, I said to Isaiah Thomas, I said, Isaiah, what are our goals? He said, we have, you know, basically two goals. I said, oh, I'm ready now. He goes, our goal is to win every game we play. I said, okay. And our only goal is to win the world championship. Wow. That was a clear and compelling vision to me. And uh, it never stopped. And that's what their whole thing, they had lost in the finals to the Lakers the year before in game seven by two points. They were focused so intently. They had laser focus on winning a world championship. So that was that was really a Boy, very that's good. Lesson. You know, I hear you tell that story, and I want to camp out here for a second because I want our leaders to really focus in on something that I think is a a blind spot. Uh, it's a natural fear to set a goal, to set a vision. That is so broad. We get worried at times about saying we have two goals to win every game and to win a world championship. And that plays in the business space, Brendan, because we're afraid as, as leaders sometimes to say what we really want to do. But when you say that, you put it out there, it then defines and powers everything you do on a daily basis, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, one of the things I do now when I work with either sports teams or with businesses, I ask them to write down three personal goals and three business goals that they have. And I don't care if I'm working with an NFL team. Every player says, I want to, you know, lead the league in rushing yard. We want to win the, you know, Super Bowl and all that junk. Okay. I have them get, write it down on paper. I tell them to pass. I tell them to hold it up. And then they hold their goals up. And I said, now take it. And I want you to rip your page in half turn it sideways, rip it in half. I said, that's what you can do with your goals. And they are like stunned. And I said, what I want you to focus on is the process. I want you to focus on the process. If you want to win the Super Bowl, well, here's how you can do it. I can tell you right now. It's about every day being the best version of yourself. It's about practicing every day like it's a game. It's, and what people don't work on is the process. Of it. It's an often used word, but they don't understand it. And it's like, you know, telling your children to get, I want you to get A's. <laughs> you know, you know, sure, that's the outcome. How do we get the A's? You know, you have to bust your ass all the time studying and, and doing all the things. You have to ask questions. You have to do extra work. That's what we have to do. And I think the process, everyone wants that instant gratification. No one wants to go through the process. Boy, that's so good. Um as a leader, trying to get a team galvanized towards that big, huge vision to win every game, 
to win a world championship, to win a state championship, to 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 be the best in your industry. Um, how do you begin to build that on a daily basis? The process of building a really good team. How do you do that? That's you know that's one of the real challenges I find in working with the corporate world is that uh, the the obvious one is the selection of talent. You know, in the in the NBA and the NFL, we're getting ready for the draft. And that means we take the best college players and we've evaluated them, we've scouted them, we've done all the research that you can do. We turn over every stone to see which one is a proper fit for our organization. In the corporate world, they think of looking at a resume like that piece of paper is actually a truth document, that that is going to show you that that person fits into our culture and that person's going to be highly productive. It's a joke. Mm. And so what we need to do is we need to select talent. And that's the price of admission for any organization is top talent. But what kind of talent? Talent with character. You know, so many people will sacrifice. We're going to see that with the NFL draft, they'll sacrifice physical, personal, high-performance talent to character ability, which will end up producing bad results. Mm. We have it in every part of facet of our life. And so I think that is uh, really a key thing. But we have to understand that if you really want to have a good team, you have to create a culture of execution. That no matter what industry you're in, whether you're a sales organization, sports team, you have to be able to execute. You know, for us to do this uh, podcast, for Dave Ramsey to do his show every day, there has to be execution. He's the talent, sure, but there are so many people around that make it work. And it's the same in any team or organization. Mm. I think that coaching, no matter what the sport is, is the ultimate laboratory for leadership. I think it's a greenhouse. I think it's the best greenhouse because coaches inherently on this particular subject, they have to figure out how to place, as Jim Collins says, the right people on the right seat on the bus. And, you know, when we talk about talent, the basketball geeks out there will also know that you assisted Chuck Daly uh, on the very first dream team when the NBA players for the first time were allowed to play. And it was the greatest player's ever assembled on a basketball team. And here you go, and you've got to get them to work together. They're all the stars on their own team. And you've got to get them to work together to win the gold medal. Uh, what did you take away in, in being right there on the bench, assisting Chuck Daly on that, now that you can kind of transfer to our listeners about how to manage talent and get them all on the same page? First impression. For a year and a half, when Chuck was named the coach, he and I were traveling all over the country playing our NBA schedule. And after we finished a game, we had a charter plane. As we're going to the next thing, well, I'm saying, okay, all right, now in our part-time job as head of the U.S. men's national team, yeah. what are we going to say to these guys when we got them in the room with us the first time? Chuck, what's our first meeting going to be like? I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. He will not share with me. I want to bounce ideas off him. I've got all these ideas. He's not taking any. But he, I, he's so brilliant, I know. So we go into the Sheridan La Jolla in our first meeting, where we are in a U-shaped table. And as you can just picture, 12 players only. And so here's Patrick Ewing, 
There's David Robinson. There's Larry Bird. There's Chris Mullen. There's Clyde Drexler. There's Scottie Pippen. There's Michael Jordan. There's Magic Johnson. There's Barkley. Carl Malone. It's unbelievable. Stockton. And you know, they're in a U-shaped table. And Chuck is right there. There's no head at the table. There's no podium. There's no leader talking down to them. We're sitting as equals. And Chuck says, uh, listen, there's two things I just want to mention to you before we get started. This is our meeting the night before our first practice. And he says, guys, we have to win the gold medal. If we don't win the gold medal, they won't let us back in this country. <laughs> right? That's and great. We talk about setting a vision, right? Yeah. And now the next thing he says is you can't worry about how many minutes you play in an NBA game. It's a 48-minute game. And these players all average 38 minutes or more. Oh, yeah. Right? The Olympic game is a 40-minute game. So he says, we can't worry about how many minutes you play, how many shots you get, how many points you score. Do we all agree to that? Michael Jordan says, no problem. Magic, no problem. Right around the room. Wow. Everyone's cool with it, right? Mm. So we get, we get a commitment. We get what I call a believe in something. They will believe in winning the gold medal, but they get a, we get a buy-in. Mm. Now, Chuck says, now, guys, here's the most important thing, and now I'm waiting for it. This is a year and a half of planning. Here we go. Guys, you got to be on time. And my chin drops. Got to be on time? That's, that's like you got for a year and a half of planning. Got to be on time. But then here's where Chuck's brilliance came. Guys, if you're not on time for practice or the bus going to a game, that means, Michael, you don't respect Magic. And Magic, that means you don't respect Barkley. And he went right through the team. Wow. It was about respect. It was not really about being on time. Mm-hmm. So NBA players, and when we travel, and we're playing, you know, you're the Lakers and you're playing in New York, you're on the road. The bus is leaving the hotel at 5 o'clock for a game. The superstars of your team, they come out about somewhere between three minutes of and five o'clock. They, they just barely make it. They test you every time. So the first practice we go to the next morning, you know, we're going to have 10 o'clock practice, 9.15, here comes the bus to go. First guy on the bus, 45 minutes ahead, Michael Jordan. It was over right then. The guy that always set the agenda everywhere, he's now setting it here. Michael was never less than 30 minutes early for a bus. Hmm. And no, the closest we ever came in six weeks of training in La Jolla, playing games in Portland, having another training camp over in Monaco, which I highly recommend, by the way, yes. and, and then going to Barcelona for two weeks. Six weeks of travel together with this, you know, rock stars. The closest we ever had to anyone being late was 10 minutes early. Hmm. I, I still think it's the most marvelous thing I've ever seen in coaching. <laughs> I just don't know how that he got him to do it. But just by saying so simple, a simple message that if we respected each other, that's what you would do. Mm. Wow. And you know what? It set the tone for everything. So I use it now all the time. 
if you don't respect the people you work with, mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah. If you think you're better than me, I don't care what your level, I don't care what your comp plan is. It doesn't matter. Respect is such a huge thing. Yeah. And it's authentic. And it really, it leads into developing a great culture. It starts with respect, and the culture can build upon that. That's what's Absolutely. so beautiful. Well, it's, it's one of those great values, right? And, you know, uh, you know, is respect. But, you know, as I always say when I'm teaching culture to a team or an organization, I, I love the companies that I work with, and I always go to their websites, and I, I look for vision, mission statement, culture. And when you write your culture, and it's so incredible what they do with it, and they, culture is simply an outcome of people's behavior. Mm-hmm. So when I go to Disney, which is by my house here in Orlando, and I go to Disney, and when I walk in, they treat me like I'm their best friend. That tells me the culture of everyone that works, every cast member there. You know, all 30,000 of their <laughs> the team members, they act like, they, you're their best friend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an outcome of their behavior, not by what they put on their Disney World website. And that's and that's the same in any business, any team, or any organization. You know, and so that's one of the things that you really have to strive for: mm-hmm. getting people to act appropriately, behaving right. I love that. You know, we've been talking a lot about talent, and we all want talent. You mentioned a little bit of this earlier, but I, I want to talk about role players, uh, because you know this as well as anybody. What can we learn from coaches uh, in the business world about making sure we've got the right role players? Because if it's not for a Rodman who only cares about defense and stopping the best player on the other team and getting the rebounds, it doesn't happen without role players. How do leaders make sure that they find the right role players? And then how do they, I'm sure it's about respect as well. How do you treat the role players the same as you do the star who's going to get the ball at the end of the game? Well, the first thing, Doc Rivers is probably one of the best, him and Popovich are probably the best teachers in the NBA of role players. And I think what they both are, they're phenomenal communicators who communicate through honesty and authenticity. And Doc will tell you that the reason that, you know, they were so successful in Boston was he had three superstars. They got there, you know, in Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. He took them personally out, and he took them on the parade route that they take the Red Sox and the Patriots on and said, guys, here's the vision I have. Here's what we got to do. Now, what do you guys have to you? Each one of you guys have, for your career, averaged over 20 points a game. You've all led your teams in shot attempts and minutes played. But we can't have that here. We don't have enough shots to go around. We don't have enough minutes and all that. You have to play a role that will only be focused on team success. And each guy averaged the lowest number of shot attempts in their career the following year, but they won the championship. He sold them on that. And I, and I think that's what we see Calipari at Kentucky doing the most masterful job I've ever seen in college coaching right now because he has convinced these young people who really want to go to the NBA so badly that I can make you become the best version of yourself by being coached, working on daily getting better, but most importantly, if your team is successful, that's what 
NBA teams are going to gravitate towards successful winning players mm-hmm. that affect winning. That's what we're really looking for in the NBA. We're not looking to see who can score 35 points a game. We're looking who can affect and change our team That's and our right. culture. Yeah. And so I think that Doc will tell a guy the screen to get Ray Allen free is as important as Ray Allen making the shot. Boy, that's so good. And so you have to, and then when that happens, then you got to tell the player that set the screen that doesn't happen without you. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy, you know, Rondo being able to guard the ball handler and keep him out of the paint is as important as making a two points from Ray Allen or a three point shot. So I think it's the coaching emphasis on what. What do you want to reward your people for? That's the highest form of motivation. Reward them for that which you want done. That's good. You know? Hey, folks, that's, that's, a, that's tweetable right there. Say that again. I do this all the time, Brendan, because I want our audience to catch it. Are that. you going to use it or am I going to use it? Yeah, that's yours. <laughs> I want, but I want them to quote you. So say all that right. again. Okay. You, say you're that pulling again. the John Gordon on me. I like I that. Am. That's good. Absolutely. I like that. It's really good. That's good. So say that well, again. I want them to hear okay. that. Reward that which you want done. Boom. That simple. Tweet that, folks. Brendan Sir, okay? At Brendan Sir, give the man the credit for that because that is coaching gold. Now, here's what I got to break in for because I'm listening to this, and here's what I want our leaders to take away today. That Doc Rivers story right there does two things. It not only sets a bold vision to say, this is the parade route that you take when you win it all, but it also single-handedly weeds out the, the players that you may have some talented people and you cast that vision for them and they go, no, not true. I want more shots. And that really helps you get a grasp quickly on what you're dealing with from a character standpoint. Without a doubt. And you're going to always in, in life and business have people pushing back for you. The hardest thing Ken, is to get really talented people to be coached. They're really yes. the hardest players to coach by far. Because really talented people, they're like uh, kids in high school that are advanced placement AP students. They're smarter than the teacher most of the time, <laughs> and, right. and, and, which is no problem, you know. But the key is that when you're coaching highly talented people, they are more demanding on you than less talented people. You've really got to be good. That's where your credibility comes from. If you can't help talented people, they tune you out. So if you're in business and you're ahead of a sale, your sales manager and your sales staff is saying, hey, this isn't working, and you don't have any solutions for them, they're going to go somewhere else to find it. Not to another company, but they're going somewhere else in that company to find it because you can't help them be the, become the best version of themselves. That's, that's our goal, to maximize the talent of our team. But that is terrific insight about talent. Uh, I want to transition into one of my favorite quotes of all time from arguably the greatest to ever wear a whistle, John Wooden, who, who's been quoted so many times on this. But he said, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. Well, the obvious jumping off point for a coach like you who has so much experience is this idea of practice. So we understand practice and athletics, but let's turn that into preparation in business. Uh, just teach us for a moment on that wonderful statement and how 
I think sometimes we have a lot of young leaders, people that are talented, and, and they want a chance to start. They, they, they want to play. They want to show that I can do this, and I want the ball at the end of the game. The reality is practice, preparation. You talked about process earlier. That's such a huge thing. Maybe talk to those leaders out there who are a little impatient right now. The reason that we're so successful with our teams is because every day we practice everything we teach. And we go over it every day till they do it instinctively. That's what you have to do in your field every day if you want to attain a level of greatness that we all say we want, but very few are willing to pay the price. So it's every day. The reason that we go to the NBA or the NFL playoffs or Major League Baseball playoffs is after a 82-game, 16-game, or 162-game season is now we're prepared to play for the championship, to see who is the best of the best out there. We have now weeded out through a long opportunities of games to find out who are the best and most competitive. So every day you have to get better. Every day you have to bring your A game. Now, Coach Wooden also said, make every day your masterpiece. That's right. Well, what an incredible statement. No matter what field you're in, to say, okay, I'm going out. I've got 10 sales calls to make. I'm selling medical equipment. This has got to be the best day. Every presentation I have to make will be has to be the best. I have to make it like I've never done it before. I have to be more inspired and excited about it. I, I want to talk a bit about coaching you because, you know, I love the stories. Obviously, you were at the highest level of basketball and leading well, but uh, you have since devoted your life to an organization called Coaching You, and obviously, you know, it's been wildly successful with coaches from every level of basketball, but you're also coaching corporations. You speak, and I just want you to share your heart on the power of just pouring into others and then also the power of continuing to learn. I know I've interviewed literally the three, I think, the three greatest coaches. I've had the opportunity to interview Coach Wooden, Coach K, and Pat Summit, And all three of them had the same characteristic. They were voracious learners, and they never stopped. And they're still learning in the form of Coach K. The guy's still calling younger coaches. Just talk to us, you know, from your experience with coaching you, why you do it, and, and maybe just teach us for a moment the importance of teaching others as well as continually learning. Well, my partner, Kevin Eastman, and I, Kevin uh, was his Doc Rivers' assistant with the Celtics and now with the Clippers, and now he's the executive vice president of basketball operations. Doc is the president and head coach of the Clippers. Kevin and I, seven years ago, said, you know, what we want to do is we really want to influence young coaches, especially that we've, we found that coaches were not developing. They weren't learning. And we had such an incredible appetite to continue to learn, even though we were kind of pretty high up in our profession. Uh, the learning curve for us was even more intense. And so we would, because especially college coaches, their schedule is so rigorous. This is an amazing stat that head coaches in college basketball, men or women, 17% of their time is spent on basketball only. 17%. The rest is spent on, uh, you know, worrying about their players academically, fundraising, recruiting, everything except what they were brought there to do. Assistant coaches in college, 10% of their time is on basketball. 
doesn't sound like a real good job where you're only getting to spend 17 or 10% of your time on what you love. Here's the difference. NBA coaching, an average NBA coach spends 90% of his time on basketball. Hmm. 10% on media. Assistant coaches in the NBA, 100% of your time on basketball. Wow. Yeah. So you're really getting to develop at that level. So the learning curve in the NBA, it's so much higher. The coaching is, if you watch an NBA game compared to a college game, it's like night and day. It's so much more advanced than the college. The learning the stuff is so much greater. And so what we wanted to do was we, Kevin and I wanted to bring the best NBA teachings to college guys because they weren't getting to learn. So I basically assembled the faculty of the very best NBA head coaches to teach anyone that wanted to learn. And all these NBA head coaches, not one of them, all the millions that they make, not one of them ever asked Kevin or I, do I even get paid for this? They don't even care. They want to share. And if you had listened to an NBA coach teach at one of our events, they give you everything. You go to a college coaching clinic, and they think like they've invented a nuclear weapon. <laughs> they don't, you know, they think that someone might get to, you know, they don't understand that the reason they're really good coaches, they, re- they got better players than the other guys. Yeah. We're in the pros. We all got good players. That's right. And everyone knows what we're doing. You just got to be able to execute better. Mm. So that's what we started. It's now become so powerful because we've helped so many men and women coaches, and we're trying to just keep extending our influence to help everyone get better, and we're so proud of it. Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that's going to make you a better salesman, CEO, teacher, parent, etc. And that's And that's where I start. And so... When I won those championships, I thought I was really at the top of my game. I would say right now in reflection, what I know now, I was probably at 70%. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and the last thing that we really try to do is we, we really try to break down what coaching is and get people to understand why coach, why lead. And coaching is no different than parenting or anything else or any other form of leadership. It's, it's taking our players where they can't take themselves. Mm, boy, that is good. Take your players, take the players where they can't take themselves. It's the same role as a parent. Take your children where they can't take themselves in life. And and that's what a business leader should be doing with his team. Is That's why you're called leader. That's mm. why they gave you a title. But we have too many people in the business world that have their leader name only, unfortunately. Well, that's so good. Brendan, I got to tell you, on behalf of our entire audience, this is so encouraging. Great to hear from a coach. Great to remember the fundamentals of leadership are so very similar, whether it's coaching a team with a ball or leading an organization, selling a product, creating a cure, solving a social problem. It all works together, and we are so much better for it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm honored. Thank you, Ken. He is Brendan Sir, 
And uh, I'm telling you, you need to follow them on Twitter, at Coaching You, at Brendan Sir. Do your research. Uh, Great, great content coming out of what they are doing. And again, whether you love sports or not, Daniel, the fact remains... I love them. I just don't know anything about it. Oh, that's okay. But you can can appreciate how we can learn from coaches. Leadership, yeah. Such a great conversation. So we really appreciate his time. Before we wrap up, one more time, if you want to enter to win the all-expense-paid-one-ticket... EntreeLeadership.com slash win. Go answer the question on that page. Submit it. We'll pick a winner. We'll get with you. And we would love to see you whether you win this ticket or not. It's going to be a wonderful time of growing ourselves so that we can grow our team and ultimately grow our profit. On behalf of Daniel Tardy, Eric the producer, and our entire team at Entree Leadership, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you again very soon.